0: Carlson, Carlson, världens bästa Carlson, 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 Carlson Hoj, här kommer Carlson, 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 Carlson. Ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Carlson, det är jag så bra som mig Carlson, Carlson, Carlson scores! Hello
1: and welcome back, everybody, to part two of this mega episode of Keeping Carlson, a fantasy hockey podcast that focuses on hot streaks, cold streaks, injuries, injuries, trades. And everything else that is going to matter when you're trying to be successful in your fantasy hockey league. I am once again your host, Elon Dubrowski. I'm with the great Brian Com, and we are going to be breaking down yet more injuries. Because Brian, this has been a brutal week for fantasy hockey in terms of injuries. A lot of players who I roster in my league. I see here you're covering your mouth, hopefully because you just found this intro so entertaining and funny, and not because you're embarrassed for me. How's it going? <laughs>
0: so good so good uh yeah i'm speechless why don't we uh i mean we have so much more to cover here in the third period elon it doesn't matter how i'm doing let's let's just do it
1: <laughs> yeah unfortunately I don't, doing. Call, I don't know if we could call the third period anymore because as you know we uh have more breaks which uh, mm-hmm. hopefully the uh our extra breaks that we've been throwing in have been made up for by like especially good content to fill the middle parts between it's the those first
0: breaks <laughs> period of the second half of the double header.
1: Yes. Okay, sure. <laughs> we'll try to work that out now, <laughs> but okay, let's do our next injury here. Rasmus Anderson hit by a car while driving a scooter. Thankfully he's okay. Doesn't seem long-term, but still worth looking into for now because maybe he's not going to play next week uh, on Calgary. They've been running two even power plays, at least that's what they did in the seven 2 win over Buffalo. So both Noah Hannafin and Mackenzie Weger getting some good power play time. Uyghur goes from being like someone who I've haven't thought about for a long time to so I guess being fantasy relevant again Hannafin though on a nice streak uh, six points in his last seven games lots of shots I grabbed Hannafin in our keeper league I'll just keep bringing up that league I guess I don't know I promise I don't like plan the show just based on my moves in that league uh, but yeah definitely if Hannafin's available in free agency for you now seems like a good time he'll, he'll probably go cold again at some point but he gets tons of ice time and so whenever he's also getting increased power play role, that makes him interesting uh, let's look at the lines on Calgary uh, lately uh, in this game again Buffalo, all three lines got in on the fun. So the Kadri, Huberto, and Pelletier line, and Toffoli, Lindholm, and Dubé, they all are doing really well. And then, of course, yeah, Backlund, Coleman, and majapani the three that are likely available in a lot of leagues, continue to produce, just like this New York line. And then, yeah, they've been talking about it on short shifts, comparing the Rangers' third line to the Calgary third line. Uh, Backlund and Coleman, especially, running it incredibly hot, like uh, six and seven points, respectively, in their last four games. Do you think we're at a point now where, like, I think we're past the point, like, we should probably be recommending that backland and coleman and probably also manchipani are worth like rostering do you think there's a chance that these guys are going to get held for the rest of the season or do you think this is gonna cool off like i I've, I've been slowly like i've been having these guys all like on lists in my various leagues and i think now finally they've all been added in all my leagues i think i've no longer have the option to get backland coleman or manchipani so i want to know if i'm going to get an opportunity at another time or if i'm just going to be like remember the time i could have had those guys
0: I think you will have another opportunity. Like Backlund, it's been a while. Like he used to be always going on these hot streaks, right? And then you, you'd think, oh, like I, I've got him from this hot streak. And this time it's going to last. And it doesn't. So I feel like that's the, the the same sort of trajectory run here. Uh, but it's nice to see Backland hot again. It's been, a, it's been a while. Blake Coleman, by the way, some big shots lately. Three goals on 16 shots in the three games that preceded uh, Saturday night uh which the numbers were not as impressive so i just love them out of that little bit but coleman i, I love the shots he's <laughs> That's taking. journalism right here <laughs> yeah yeah cherry picking uh, um and manjapani is also he's been getting in on some action too but he's actually seems to be the the least hot of the bunch so i think i'd stream any of these guys till they peter out but i do think that they'll peter out
1: okay let's go to uh, seattle now andre burakovsky week to week he was kind of cold I have him, (laughs) I didn't mean to, I have him in in our uh, Keeper League. Uh, So I was able to stash him in IR and I wasn't even that disappointed because he hadn't been doing much for me. He was probably close to, you know, my next drop. So now I just get to stash him. I actually think I used that uh, stash to grab Andre Palat, who we've discussed and I'm kind of happy with. So, okay, all's well that ends well, at least over there. Uh, though speaking of cold players we've talked about uh, Konechny we've talked about Pavelski we've talked about Shear. let's throw another one on the list that's maybe the coldest of them all I guess it's hard to be as cold as Konechny but Maddie Beneers pointless in eight games going into today uh, Seattle beat Philly 4-3 and yeah another pointless game for Beneers only one shot I mean he's getting good deployment like he's on the line with McCann and Eberly. he's on the top power play but are we at a point now where if you have Beneers it's time to drop or is it just kind of like, cause in the way I think of it, like if he's getting this great deployment, there's no reason why he should have less of a chance of getting a point in the next game than he did. Like, you know, 10 games ago when we were still into him, unless you see a reason f- for hit like for why he's slowed down and why this will continue.
0: Well, Leland, you were happy when Burakovsky got hurt uh, when he was cold, and actually well, not happy,
1: what's... just not like not <laughs> especially sad. I'll say
0: you, you took no, you could, took no joy in it, but it was convenient for your fantasy team and anybody with veneers on their fantasy squad. Uh, can feel that same convenience because Beneers uh, in the dying seconds of the game against Philly, blocked a shot. It seemed to hit like the inside of his leg. He went down. And, uh, we're waiting for an update on how Beneers is doing, but maybe you just stash him away for now. I think Elon, like, why is he cold now? And he was hot before, and why was he cold before that and hot before that? I don't know. Like, my, my best Seattle, as you know, has been a bit confounding. For us, uh, they just seem to be polite, like they all take turns producing, they step forward, (laughs) they're like, okay, all right, it's your turn now, I'm going to step back, now you score some goals, Jaden Schwartz, oh, okay, Schwartz, you're done, now it's your turn, Ali Tolvanen, and so on and so forth through the lineup. So it seems like these these production comes in waves for basically everybody in Seattle, and... Beneers is just ebbed at the moment, which is what my answer would have been had Beneers not been injured. Um, And I expect him to get back to doing what he was doing on the whole. Beneers like still having a successful Season Like this is a rookie season, 58 point pace, 17 goals, 19 assists, 36 points. And that's also with, you know, just half the power play time too, and not big power play production either. So it's been a really promising year for Beniers. And there's, I think, a lot of reason to believe that this guy can be a consistent, legit producer in the league. I just uh, we just haven't really cracked exactly the, the rhythm and flow of how Seattle spreads their offense over time. And and Benier's uh, his cold streak, I think, is basically just a, a product of that.
1: Yeah, I'm just realizing now who's going to win the Calder this year? Like Benier's been super cold. I don't know. I feel like he's falling out of the race. And now if he's now if he's injured, Logan Thompson, I thought, had a really good shot. Now he's like hurt for a long time. Does that like make him ineligible? And then, you know, who, who's left? Like, I, I don't know. I don't even know who the front runner is right now. Stuart Every, I don't. Stewart Skinner.
0: I'm gonna. Know. I have a confession to make. Every time that we talk, like Calder and rookies, I have to like look up the standings. Like I can't retain the uh-huh. rookies and maybe it's because there haven't been so you've got uh Beneers leading mason mctavish behind him by six points cole yeah, perfetti hasn't been that good yeah perfetti johnson caitlin yeah. addison i feel like he might get votes like he might be like a top three nominee but uh, i don't uh, i don't mind your prediction elon that maybe it goes to a goalie like uh, i think benears and thompson are probably the front runners and mm-hmm. skinner if he can find his game again maybe he can re-enter that conversation too
1: yeah, but now Thompson's injured. I just feel like it's going to be a very underwhelming Calder winner this year. I feel like in other years, it's like there's so many great options. And it's like, I wonder who's going to get it. Now this year, it's like, I guess someone has to win it. No one's, no one's blowing my socks off right now. Uh, but okay, let's go to... Or actually, let's stay on Seattle for a second. We should probably mention what's happening in net, right? Uh, Philip Grubauer had six great starts going into today, and today's start doesn't look that great. He only uh, faced 18 shots, and he only stopped 15 of them, but it was enough to get the win, uh, which is better than you could say for Martin Jones lately. He's been pretty bad. So if you have Martin Jones, we're probably approaching time for you to ask yourself why and to drop him because it's looking like he's back to the martin jones we grew to uh, know and love back when he was on san jose and maybe it's time to consider grubauer like i don't know what seattle's gonna do but they're like in the thick of it right like they were doing pretty well in the playoff race and they lost three games going into today uh so yeah they need to just put out their best possible team and, and win some games in order to lock in a playoff spot. So you'd think they're just going to go with the goalie that's going to help them win. And right now it's Grubauer. Or maybe they just go back and forth. Maybe they just think that's their best strategy because Grubauer we've seen also struggle. Like, what do you think at this point? Are either of them fantasy relevant or is it more now it's just like they're both just streamers?
0: No, I think Philip Grubauer has some upside here to be a fancy relevant goalie the rest of the way. We haven't seen enough play out to know if Seattle's just going to alternate back and forth, regardless of how each one is doing, knowing that any given night they could win or blow the game for the rest of the Kraken. But if I'm just looking at their performances this year, Philip Grubauer has actually been really good. And I know Like he he gives up bad goals at bad times. It still happens,
1: and those bad times are like five minutes into the game usually. Yeah,
0: or yeah, on the first shot. Um, but you know, back to when I said Samsonov led the league in Delta, like playing above his expected save percentage according to the stats at Evolving Hockey. If I change the parameters to allow goalies with smaller workloads in, because Grubauer has played about eight fewer games than Samsonov, so if I if I change the filter to include Grubauer. He's number 1 at 5 on 5 this year in playing above his expected number and by a landslide, like way ahead of the pack, way ahead of Samsonov, 23 save points. That's uh that's putting up a 950 at even strength versus a 927 expected. And of course, these are Fenwick save percentage numbers where goalies get credit for uh for a save if a shot misses the net because they've any any shot that's unblocked directed towards the net is considered in this safe percentage. Anyway, um, Grubauer has had some bad protection too um, while building this resume. Uh, the reason why I think maybe we haven't noticed is one, because of the, the aforementioned goals at bad times, especially early in the game. But Grubauer has been terrible shorthanded and somehow also uh, Grubauer has been terrible while Seattle's on the power play. He gave up another short uh, shorthanded goal against today so like his team seattle had the power play and uh who was patrick brown i've never heard of him this is another reason i lost my week by the way because you lost
1: because you don't know who patrick brown is
0: because he turns and fires without even looking from the half wall on shorthanded and it beat grubauer somehow like it was like a it was a very strange sequence in turn of events but group out brown
1: is good for hits i'm seeing he had five hits today looks like he's oh. been hitting a lot so who
0: is, well it was his second goal of the year has he how many games has he played has he been, has he been in the lineup all year like i truly don't know <laughs> who he is
1: uh yeah he's played 35 games this year he has a lot of hits so if you're any he, any he takes faceoffs he's a center so if you're in a league that counts hits and faceoffs maybe take a look at patrick brown not, not for points though
0: uh okay so don't look at patrick (laughs) look at patrick brown for peripherals while you were talking about that i was taking the liberty to find out who's given up the most goals against on the power play Mm -hmm. this year it's not uh it's not grubauer
1: okay who is it
0: uh andre vasilevsky well he just plays a lot yeah i don't know yeah i think that that might be a function uh jonathan quick does not play a lot he's given up five shorties
1: yeah, well, Vasilevsky has an excuse in that he plays a lot. Jonathan Quick, we just know that he's no longer good.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, Grubauer on special teams has been bad. Yeah, I'm actually just seeing now Grubauer. That's just the second goal against. He's given up on the power play, so maybe I, I'm I'm putting too much stock into this, uh, and I'm just overly frustrated from having witnessed it myself today and losing my matchup because of it. But Grubauer shorthanded being bad is a has been a thing. Hopefully that evens out while he holds up his five-on-five play. And what I'm saying here, it took me way too long to get here, I'm sorry, is that Grubauer could be a good starter on a good team through the rest of the year, and he could still be in free agency if a lot of folks haven't noticed yet. So if you're looking for, like we've talked about a couple goalies already, we talked about the Sens goalies and the Vegas goalies. If Grubauer is available, I'd bypass all of them and go, yeah, I I would run, not walk, to go pick up Grubauer uh, and hope that he doesn't just end up splitting time.
1: Someone is going to take that quote and put it back in your face because Grubauer's last down. So run, don't after Yeah, eyes.
0: I know. It was, it was bad. Okay. Um, just try. Risk, give him a shot. move towards.
1: I'd say maybe consider him apprehensively. That's what I yeah. would say to do.
0: Yeah, but like quickly consider him apprehensively. Because right, if you don't do it, if you don't apprehensively consider Grubauer in the next day or two, somebody else might have already done it
1: yeah and I think he'll be fine. I, I like <laughs> I, I think he'll find yeah, he'll, he'll find his way back in free agency soon enough,
0: yeah, yeah, it's probably true.
1: But anyway, uh next injury, Troy Terry is hurt in Anaheim, which kind of stinks. Anaheim had that run where they were scoring a whole bunch of goals, and like that kind of ended today. They only scored two goals versus Vegas, not a great week like Anaheim had a good schedule this week, but pretty much it seems at this point like we're back to just like Zgris, obviously you want Henrique has actually been really good. he had no points but five shots in this game today. Maybe those are the only two. Like also Anaheim has a bad schedule next week. Uh, I already mentioned that Philly and Vegas only play twice. Anaheim also only plays t- twice next week. So I really don't see a reason. Like I could go through the lines like with Terry out, like you know, Ryan Strom has been playing with Zegras like it even strengthened on the power of play, but come on, I'm not going to recommend you grab Ryan Strom for just two games next week and then maybe Troy Terry could be back hopefully like in the following week. So are, are you with me? I think it's just Zegras and maybe Henrique are the guys you're holding. Maybe Klingberg, actually. Brian, you love John Klingberg, or you did at one point. Five points his last four games. You were right. It just took a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still not calling myself right about John Klingberg. Uh he did well with a good schedule this week, uh, but still not on the top power play, which is a real, a real deal breaker for Klingberg. I, I don't expect this five on five prediction to keep up because it's never really been his thing. And uh, who's doing anything in Anaheim? You mentioned Zegris. Yeah, sure. And like Henrique had an okay week. Frank Vitrano, who was shooting a lot, hasn't been shooting quite as much as now on the fourth line. Derek Grant was on the top line today. He got an assist, but no shots. I don't know. There, there's not a whole lot of also, Every time I watch the Ducks, I just like, can you imagine being John Gibson?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's had some really good games, but then he has games like this where he lets in seven goals and it's probably like, I'm sure it's a little bit his fault, but also it just must be yeah. so hard. Yeah.
0: I know. Well, the T te- yeah, everyone's given up around him and like, I still see him trying for the most part, but every, I, I, when I, I think I mentioned this before, I feel like I'm watching a lot of Anaheim somehow. It, it this is just the way my life and schedule is playing out. And I just look every five seconds you look up at the screen the red light is going up and he's just like standing there like yep now we're down five now we're down six and like he shouldn't and I don't think he owns any of it and he shouldn't like he's being just like left left out to dry as much as anybody this year. I just, I don't know what it's like to work in those conditions, right? If, if he understands the deal, okay, you're going to go in, you're going to play your best, you're going to give up a lot of goals because there's only so much you can do, then you're going to go home and sleep and enjoy the rest of your life. I, I feel like that's, that's it. I'd love to sit down with him and chat.
1: Well, yeah, I feel like it's interesting because it's like, you know, these players have short careers, you know, like 10, 15 years if you're lucky. And, you know, the team you end up on, like maybe for a skater, you can overcome this somewhat, but like for a goalie, like this is John Gibson's prime, you know, like this is his career and he's not going to go down as like an amazing goalie. And a lot of it might not be his fault. Like, imagine if he was on Tampa Bay and Vasilevsky was on Anaheim. Like, I'm sure Vasilevsky would do a little bit better because he's, like, Vasilevsky. But you know, like, like, uh, we'd probably be talking about Gibson as, like, a a totally different guy. And, like, a guy who's had this fantastic career. So, you know, maybe for these goalies, like, obviously it was great for Gibson to get this contract. Like, he's getting paid really well still for a really long time. But but at what cost? Maybe at some point Anaheim will be good. They have a lot of good prospects. But for Gibson, I, I hope that he gets to play on a good team at some point so he can actually show people you know, if he's good or not. I feel similar about Vemelka now, but obviously he just came. Uh, so, you know, he, he'll need to go through a lot to uh, reach Gibson levels. But I'm very interested to see some of these goalies on bad teams. Like, what would they do if they were on a good team? It would be so interesting. But I mean, I don't know why a team isn't trading for Gibson. I guess that contract or probably Anaheim just doesn't want to give him up.
0: Yeah, I think Anaheim at the start of the year thought that they were actually going to, like, compete a little And now that's not the case. And Gibson, like, has been not great. But again, it it is hard to tease apart his performance from the teams. But he still has, after this one, uh, four more years at six and a half million dollars with a no trade. So, like, that's a lot for a team to take on. And it probably has sort of confined him to being in Anaheim for the time being and maybe a little longer we'll see at some point if the ducks have any interest in retaining like they have some cap space uh to move him along and send him on his merry way but i mean he could technically be there through to the end of the rebuild (laughs) and when they're starting up to be competitive again i I, again this is why i want to talk to him are you happy are you good do you feel fulfilled do you want to go somewhere else he doesn't seem particularly bothered
1: I mean, he does make a lot of money. So that probably helps a little bit. The thing is, like, Anaheim has this prospect goalie, Lucas Dostal, who people say is, like, really, really good. So maybe by the time they're ready to end the rebuild, Dostal is going to be already, like, taking over the job or, like, fighting for it. So uh, we'll see. But we definitely did not have time for this long conversation about Gibson because we have a ton still to talk about. Uh, But here we are. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we've got more injuries. And I also got a bunch of hot and cold tricks I want to throw at you, Brian. So we'll be back in just a sec. You're listening to Keeping Carlson. All right, we are back, Brian. And yeah, let's go to our next injury here over in Nashville. Philip Forsberg hurt on Saturday after a hit from wrist to line. It looks like he's just day-to-day, so hopefully this isn't a huge deal. I did want to bring up this Nashville situation, Joe, mainly because Cody Glass had and has been on the top line like with Forsberg and Duchesne. It looks like Nino Niederreiter jumped up on that top line, which obviously now becomes a lot less interesting without Forsberg. And I'm curious because Cody Glass has also been on the top power play. He assisted on a Nino goal in the second on saturday five points in his last five games i think we already told people we were interested in glass maybe some people went out and grabbed him and if they did they're probably pretty happy but at this point are we like i don't know because i think glass gets the power play now because forsberg's out so maybe this is like nice for him to like cement him getting this really good deployment but now he doesn't have forsberg so i'm just curious if you'd be like less or more interested in glass now while forsberg is out
0: I don't think I'm any more interested in glass. Like I think it probably hurts. Like you were talking about Jack Hughes being out and how that impacts the devils. I would say Forsberg being out does a number on everybody in Nashville. And like, yeah, they still have Roman Yosey and they still have Matt Duchesne. But I, I don't know that I'd be Any more interested in Glass now than I would have been before, which is not to say, like, not interested. He's not, he's had a decent little run. Remember when we were into Yuso Parsonen? And, uh, like, cause he was top line, top power play, doing decently well. Not a lot of shots, but assists every so often. That's basically what Glass is doing now. Um, maybe Nino need a rider? benefits from Forsberg being out a little just by getting more minutes or maybe Elon maybe Matt Duchesne if we're looking to find somebody who does well with Forsberg out who is actually Duchesne has been on a nice little run he started the season on like a on an underwhelming pace but lately Duchesne is picking it up 10 goals and 10 assists for 20 points in his last 22 games and that's been happening over the last two months for Duchesne uh this is powered by 22% shooting on one hand but on the other hand he's only got three power play points in this run and we'd probably expect him to have a few more although he was also not consistently on the top power play unit or like on it on any unit playing uh top power play minutes for a bunch of this so uh this is all to say it's nice like we we saw that Duchesne probably had deserved better than what he'd been getting so it's nice to see uh Duchesne now on a run and I wonder if he steps up a bit with Forsberg out. Uh, but overall, I can't see how this really helps many people in Nashville.
1: Yeah. And too bad for Forsberg. He was on a three-game point streak. He had been cold for a bit. He was finally starting to get going again. Now he's hurt. Injuries are no fun. Uh, Late-breaking injury here. Capo Kakanen for San Jose. Uh, maybe have just been pulled by a concussion spotter. So we don't know. Something to keep an eye on. James Reimer was ill today. So Aaron Dell was backing up for the Sharks. Uh, so... We'll have to see what's going on with Cochinen. If he's out long-term, obviously that makes Reimer interesting because Cochinen was starting to heat up. It looked like he was starting to steal the job from Reimer. He had uh, three good games in a row. Um, another good game today actually well he only uh, went for 13 shots against but stopped 12 of them and he got the win uh so yeah Capo cockanin looking good now he might be hurt but if he's not hurt or if he is hurt and he's available and you could stash him like definitely someone to start looking at now especially because reimer i believe is you know a trade chip at the deadline so potentially he could even get moved and then cockanin will be a volume guy for the rest of the year because obviously the sharks just need to accumulate assets at this point they don't need to try to win games so why not trade reimer if they could get something for him because he's a pending ufa
0: yeah, exactly. And I think if Reimer does get dealt, then Kockinen, if healthy, could get on a little run here. And he's been really good. Uh, of course, we've seen Cognan string together a, a few good games before, only to collapse uh, in mostly spectacular form. like he's never been worth holding on to for a whole lot of time I remember last year when he was still in Minnesota I had him for a little bit and I was feeling pretty clever but that was after having added and dropped him like four times and finally thinking yes yes I finally got him it's when he was battling Talbot for the job and of course neither one of them are there now um so I guess the only like this is all to say for Cochinen if he does play we don't fully know what we can expect from him, except inconsistency. But the one thing that we do know we can expect is high volume, right? Like his last three games, cocking has faced 41, 37 and 40 shots. And he's given up four, three and two goals. So he's getting better everybody. Uh, but that's great. If your league count saves, uh, and starts kakinen could be really helpful like if reimer does get dealt i could see Kakanen basically playing out nearly the whole stretch if reimer is not in the lineup so that would be a good get for anybody not terribly concerned with wins and who is not terribly sensitive to save percentage blow ups, but could use a lot of saves
1: yeah, definitely. So, yeah, take a look and see if he's available now. Maybe you can get him stashed in your IR until we find out what's going on, which would be very convenient, potentially. Uh, okay, let's take a look now at Jacob Chikrin, who's not injured, but he's not playing. He was scratched on Saturday for apparently trade-related reasons. So, obviously, that got Twitter, you know, really going. People are very excited and speculating. Apparently, the front runner is LA. People are saying that they think that that's who's going to be getting Chikrin. We've already had a question. Tim A wanted us to talk about, you know, is this good or bad for Chikrin if he goes to LA? Probably we don't want to speculate too, too much. And like, we'll obviously talk about it when it happens. I'll just throw it out there. Probably he'll be around the same. He's been really good on Arizona. I'm not expecting him to be like a ton better anywhere else, but I also don't expect him to be worse. Like I, I don't know. That, that's my take. I wouldn't, I, I guess I'm just saying like, if you have chicken, I wouldn't be, wor- I'd just be annoyed that yesterday he was scratched and he didn't get IR status. So you just had to to live with it. And who knows how long this will last for? That sucks.
0: Yeah. We're not going to break down. Like we get a lot of questions this time of year about like, what do you do about players and player value? For guys who might be trade date, trade deadline bait, or like a lot of rumors around, and the answer is I don't do anything until something actually happens. Um, and as with Tarasenko, you know it, it doesn't often help. I think is the is a decent way to summarize. Although you mentioned Vitrano and cop last year and Giroux, there's a there's a lot of cases of of it working out both ways. But I'm not trying to jump jump the reaction like i'm not trying to get out in front of the trade to to try and figure out what to do unless it's being completely telegraphed a thousand percent where the player is going what their their role is going to be and i'm not sure how often that ever happens yeah i mean i will say if he goes to la
1: I, I, like I said I'm not worried about and I would be a little worried about Drew Douting maybe lose the power play maybe they go three forwards two defensemen. We've, but
0: we'll we'll discuss it the, when the it LA the LA, yeah the LA rumor has already been squashed as a what? recording time oh my yeah. god that was quick a lot, a lot of people who like uh, they spoke to Brent Clark people people who have him as a source or his camp he's been told by LA that he's not being traded that's that's the latest so like it's all it's all smoke right so why why get up in arms you're going to spend right. like a week or two reacting to something that never actually happens
1: yeah, well, we can at least talk on the Arizona side because they clearly are, are trading him. They sat him for trade-related reasons. That was what they said. And with him out and Shane Gosses-Beher still injured, Yuso Valimaki. Remember him? He was supposed to be a high pedigree guy in Calgary back in the day. This Valimaki guy finally is getting an opportunity. He was on the top power play in this game versus St. Louis that we talked about before where Arizona almost came back to win and ended up losing 6-5 in overtime. And Valimaki had four assists, including a power play. So it's a huge game and he also had an assist in each of his previous two games so Valimaki seems to be someone that's getting good deployment on the top power play is producing lately so and by the way Arizona good schedule next week they go Monday Wednesday to start and then also a couple in later in the week so I think if you need D we've talked about a few guys, but I think Valimaki has got to be at least up there as someone to consider as long as he holds top power play, right? Cause he's playing on that top power play with Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller who keep producing. These guys are really good. Like I don't get how few leagues Schmaltz specifically is rostered in like, yeah, sometimes he goes a little bit cold, but then he has these huge games to make up for. They each had four points in this game against St. Louis. So I'm definitely interested in Schmaltz and Keller. I feel like we don't have to dive too deep into them. I like Valimaki cause he's on the top power play and probably also Mops mentioned that on my match, maximizer that i released yesterday by the way side note i released a podcast last night on our feed called matchup maximizer where i looked into the schedule just for next week to try to give you players that you may want to target uh, because they'll give you a lot of games and i mentioned how arizona has a good schedule i didn't mention barrett hayton and i should have clearly because he's playing on the top line with schmaltz and keller and with them doing so well you probably want that third person so yeah valamaki and hayton both guys to take a look at if uh, schmaltz and keller aren't available for you
0: Yeah, which they they yeah, they shouldn't be at least they're both on 75 point paces. It's happening quietly and like kind of jerkily for Kelly and Keller and Schmaltz, but they're doing it and Barrett Hayton riding shotgun with them right now top line top power play. But what Hayton's doing is something that Keller and Schmaltz haven't done that often this season, which is that Hayton has put up six straight games with three or more shots, which is a kind of shooting consistency that we just have not seen in Arizona Uh, and then going back to Valamaki. Yeah. With no ghost and no Shikran. Let's see Valamaki go. Remember uh, that there is some precedent, I guess, if I'm looking for some upside here for younger guys who have previously been abandoned by their teams, they've done all right in Arizona with Andre Turini and it's great to see Valamaki getting a shot now. So I think you go and add him, see how far he can go with this. Like I'd prefer him to John Klingberg as a shot to take. If I'm looking to fill a D slot, I'm going Valamaki.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it's nice that Arizona plays Monday, Wednesday next week, so you can give them a shot. You get two games really quickly. There's some data for you, and then you can decide if you want to hold on after that. Uh, I guess now, Brian, we can finally move on to the streaks section of the show. I've got a lot of interesting hot and cold streaks here. We already did a couple of the cold streaks in Pavelski and Konechny. Here's a couple interesting ones. Over in Colorado, Arturi Lekin and Valerie Nichushkin both still getting that great deployment. Uh, you know, power play, playing with you know two of the best players in Rantanen and McKinnon. Playing, well, McCar's been injured. But, anyways, uh, both Lekanen and Nichushkin pointless in five games. I'm curious to know what's going on. I dropped that other matchup maximizer two weeks ago looking at playoff schedules. The big takeaway is in most fantasy leagues, Colorado players are gold. They have the clear best schedule. So guys like Leknin and Nichushkin could be amazing trade targets right now. And like they're cold, which means maybe you could get them for cheap, unless you tell me that they're cold for a reason and you don't want to get them. So I'm curious to know why you think these guys have suddenly gone pointless.
0: I don't have a reason, Elon. I, I'm sorry. I have nothing insightful to offer here. I, I can tell you that the Avs went two games scoring just a single goal, like total. They were shut out and they scored one goal. So that's one thing happening. Not a lot of Avs got points in that, in that circumstance. Um, and yeah, I'd say Lekin and Shishkin are similar to Pavelski, whereas like, I know they've been cold a little longer, but I, I'm not seeing a change in deployment or a change in habits or shooting or anything that's fine to flag that something's changed yeah no i don't Uh like this is what i
1: want to hear from you like i i'm not saying like you have to give me some great insight it's like do you see a concern you're saying no real reason for concern so then yeah i think they'll probably get going again because colorado's a good team and they're playing a lot of minutes (laughs) in in the top lines so yeah definitely maybe targets right now and don't drop them especially if you're making the playoffs because they have great playoff schedules
0: okay good i'm glad that's uh that's adequate for you <laughs> yeah you you always go way above
1: you know like what's expected so you, you're more than adequate doing a show with you one of the great pleasures of my life okay wow uh, <laughs> that was a bit much but I, I do really enjoy it you know a lot this is getting. What am I doing here? We were running out of time. Okay. Uh, also, the defensemen on Colorado, uh, a lot of while well, Lekin and Chushkin are getting points, all the defensemen are getting points. Devontae's has been on the top power play with Makar out. So, Brian, that whole bet we had, I don't even remember what the numbers were. I didn't account for the fact that Makar was going to get injured and Devontae's would get on the top power play. But yeah, he is uh, doing well now. So, you're going to win that bet. Uh, cuz I was a little concerned about him. Uh, Bowen Byram, two assists in three games since returning from injury. So if he's still out there, he's looking really good. Even Sam Girard, who's been around. He had that really good run like two or three seasons ago where he was looking like he could be like a 60-point guy or whatever, then has totally disappeared like not rostered in any fantasy leagues, I think still. He's on he's got six points his last six games, Sam Girard. I think he's still in free agency in all my leagues cuz no one believes it. Do you believe it? Like and and Byram also like if these guys are available are you jumping on them just cuz they're defensemen who are getting points on Colorado? Yeah. Do you have a good playoff schedule?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think I'll... And, and like, they, they go on these runs before. Byrams usually end because he gets hurt, unfortunately. Girard usually end uh, with a thud. Like, he'll go really, really quiet all of a sudden. But while they're producing, I mean, this is this is what we like. You know, you add... We talk about Brady Shea. I feel like Girard and Byram are kind of in this other sphere where it's like yeah we expect them to be offensive but they're not so we don't buy in as quickly as we would with like other other randoms who do surprise us with little runs so yeah when Gerard and Byron are clicking you go get him if I had to pick one right now I'd take Gerard just because you know more ice time that's it he's on the ice more often so there's more chances to, for a goal to be scored while he's there for him to get a point on that also less injury risk uh but that's that's my quick take there
1: yeah that's fair I might go Byron, but obviously we don't need to spend too much time debating that. Uh, A couple more cold streaks I'll throw at you of like star players. Brad Marchand and Steven Stamkos, both pointless in four games. What a weird week. Imagine if you had Konechny, Marchand, Stamkos... Pavelski like Nachushka you'd be like hating yourself and I'd be like what what how did I get cursed here
0: yeah you'd you'd go from like 14 and 0 to 14 and 1 Uh, (laughs) it would be a very frustrating week and you also would choose not to panic or do anything and take the advice we've shared about a lot of these guys Uh, I'm not getting concerned yet
1: Okay. And and you mentioned, by the way, speaking of Stamkos, you wanted to bring up Alex Killorn. He's had a couple good games recently, uh, which is great. At the same time, I feel like he's Alex Killorn and we kind of know who he is. Is is the advice any different? Is this time that he's hot the time that it's actually going to sustain and he'll be worth holding long term?
0: No. And for anybody like who's used to the old habits being like, oh, uh, Killorn's hot. I better go get him. Uh, Usually in the past, he's been on the top power play when that's happening. And that is not the case right now. It's still Brandon Hagel. So you can go see if there's any like if you're in a deep enough league and he fits into your schedule and gets you extra games. Sure, you can go ahead and look at him, But otherwise, I I wouldn't. And I'll say the same for Anthony Sorelli, who's had two five shot games over his last three and for those efforts, he has two goals and three assists. That's five points in his last two games, actually. So uh, that's a nice little run that Sorelli's on. But again, I, I'd prefer Killorn to him, but neither of these guys I'm expecting to be able to, to be reliable for too long.
1: All right, Brian, let's do some hot streaks now in just a sec. Actually, let's take a break. And then we're going to do all the hot streaks. I got a lot of fun players to bring to you. So we're going to end this mega show with a bang in just a sec. You're listening to Keeping Carlson. We are back, Brian, to talk some hot streaks to finish off this mega episode of Keeping Carlson. Of course, we've talked about some hot streaks along the way uh, of players on teams that had injuries or cold streaks. But now we're officially only going with the players who are doing really, really well. And you're going to tell us if they're going to keep it up. Let's start with some goalies. Ville Husso on Detroit. Brian, you are clearly a very good fantasy player because you traded for him when he was cold. I was like... I don't know. I don't know if I would have done that. And now all of a sudden, Huso is looking really, really good. He just came off this win over Vancouver, where he's up thirty-two of thirty-four. Before that, he's up thirty-five of thirty-six versus Calgary. He's getting a ton of games. Uh, Helberg not clearly going to be stealing the job anytime soon. And yeah, Huso, I feel really impressed by you and by him. So I don't know what the advice is here. Like, I assume you're happy with this, and you should probably expect that it'll continue somewhat. Probably not. I don't know. You tell me. What do you think? He's, really, he's doing really well.
0: I love to impress you by making a bet, a low stakes bet on a goalie that could go either way. Like, I, I'm not going to take a whole lot of credit for this. I saw an opportunity uh, to grab a goalie when I could use someone in that slot. And I, well, I did need defensemen, but I didn't think Jeff Petrie was going to be it anyway. I've lucked out here. Uh, I can't say I knew that this was going to go as well as it has for me and Vilay so who's been so hot. And I think maybe the main storyline here, Elon, is that Huso's getting games. He's started seven of the last eight. He's won five of them with a 923 save percentage over that stretch. And it, to me, it seems like Detroit is really happy to ride him and let him thrive on volume, which we weren't sure they'd be ready to do, right? Remember, it was like a little bit of an on and off with Nadalkovich, And then when Nadalkovich was struggling, he'd still sort of get in with kind of regular turns and then when uh Helberg came along and Adelkovich was was shuffled away uh Huso still was not completely on his game and Detroit was like no you're still going to keep starting until you get going and it worked so i wonder if Huso can be uh, uh one of the highest volume goalies through the rest of the season
1: and then another goalie i wanted to bring up Jackson Stauber. i think i mentioned him before already but over on Chicago this guy's played 3 games and he has 3 wins so I mean I don't know I feel like we dismissed him before when Stalock got hurt uh, because it's like who is this guy and it's also Chicago but at this point maybe at least as a stream for the next game obviously maybe that'll be the game he gets blown up but I gotta throw it out there he's hot he deserves to be mentioned in the hot streak section
0: yeah I guess he's won three three starts right yeah three games.
1: Three wins, 9.25 save percentage. He's been very good.
0: Just keep in mind, they've been spaced out, though, yeah? Like, he's not starting consecutive games. Uh, He's actually had two games off between each of his three starts. So... And how
1: has Chicago done in those games? I guess they're trying to lose. Is that the problem? Like, they're yeah. just going to keep playing Marazic, even though they clearly are going to lose those games?
0: Well, they lost 4-1. It was the second half of a back-to-back. That was on Saturday after yeah. Stauber won on Friday. Uh,
1: I meant it as a rhetorical question, because I know oh, the answer. And okay. it's that they lose. They, when <laughs> when Morazic plays, he loses. He stinks.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Uh, fun. I, I don't have much to add.
1: Yeah, I think just uh, he becomes someone that maybe if there's a day where you want to stream a goalie and you see Jackson Stauber is playing and he has that green you know check mark on on Yahoo, don't just quickly skip over and be like nah, like I don't maybe know, right I'd,
0: I'd still be pretty concerned. Like it, he he had an eight eighty five save. For, he won, but he yeah. let in three goals on twenty six shots to Arizona.
1: Well, that's more just you know normally Chicago lets in more shots. They were like he's had Arizona. one
0: he's had one quality <laughs> start, or I guess two. Well, whatever. Okay, I'm
1: not saying to like sell the farm for Jackson Stopper. I just yeah. think it's interesting.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, well, you're saying if you see him and you need a goalie start, maybe don't just skip by. Uh, I yeah. You I say hear skip you. by. Okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. Who knows?
1: Good for him. Uh, Phoenix Copley. I think I already mentioned him, right? shut out Pittsburgh. Hope you held on. Like, I know that it's been a bit of a bumpy ride and some concerns. Like I said, he has a contract extension now. Just had a big game. So I think he's going to be around for the long haul. I have no faith in Jonathan Quick. So I expect Copley to continue to be a volume guy. And, of course, since we're on L.A., of course, we have to mention this four-goal game from Adrian Who brian I guess this is a sore subject for you because that was against you in the cupful. Uh, But, yeah, man, he, he had a cold stretch earlier this year. And I remember some people cut bait or were talking about, like, being nervous about him, wanting to trade him and if you held on you're you're very happy he's been amazing now 7 goals in his last 4 games it's not as if it was just one good game Kempe has been really clicking on his line with Kopitar and Byfield uh, also on the top power play he's awesome and by the way Kopitar also really awesome Kopitar has 4 goals and 5 assists in his last 5 games so these two are making beautiful music together and the Kings are are looking dangerous because they have them t- together
0: yeah oh, yeah Kempe is the reason that I lo- I I went it was a late night or it was too late for me to stay up any longer. I had made it long enough to see that I had Crosby and Malkin starting against Kempe for my opponent. I was projected to win by 30. I was up 20 something like low twenties. Yeah. And I woke up the next morning and that's why I kept Latang in IR and held on to Beauvillier. Ah, that was a real, sorry. Buddy. I like, I, I wasn't even surprised actually. That's <laughs> anyway. Um, And, like, Crosby was ejected, too, like, which has never happened before. (laughs) Like, what is... Okay, Uh, back to everybody's fantasy hockey and not just mine. Um, Adrian Kempe, yeah, the native of Cramforce, Sweden, has been cramming it in the net with force lately. Nice. Seven, thanks. Seven goals on 17 shots, and with all Chat that... Chat GPT can't do that. <laughs> That's where we're going to stay I w- ahead. I wonder if it's good, though. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, Kenby's now up to a 60-point pace with all this goal scoring, um, which is great, right? This is where we want, and we've always said, like, he needs to basically hit all his marks for him to be in that 55-60 point range of being, like, a, a rosterable, valuable player, which is what he's doing lately on that line with Kopitar and Byfield. One thing that Kempe doing better lately overall, he's taken four shots per game over the last couple weeks and nearly three and a half shots per game going back the last couple months, which is nice to see because we had early season concerns, Elon. You mentioned like, oh, you know, if you abandoned Kempe or didn't didn't hold on or didn't believe. I mean, he wasn't shooting to start the year. He was under three shots per game, which was basically what he was doing before he broke out last season. Part of the reason Kempe broke out last season because he upped his shot rates and then those disappeared for the first first couple months of this year but it's nice to see that they've been back for a couple months now and especially an even fuller force over the last couple weeks
1: yeah, so definitely that top line is interesting. Byfield got an assist in this game, only one point. So yeah, Byfield somehow is playing with these two guys who are red hot and not like as hot, but still kind of interesting. Also, uh, Trevor Moore returned finally, which is exciting. We, I hadn't heard anything about him. All of a sudden, it's like yeah, he's back Saturday. So we got that second line back together. Moore to know Arvidsson, and again, this is a six goal game. But I guess when Campe is getting all of them, that you know he's not sh- he's not like Brian what you said about Seattle where they're all sharing. Campe took it all and Moore, Arvidsson, and Deneau all went pointless. So, anyone who's held on to like an Arvidsson or a Deneau like all week for just this one game, probably very disappointed. Are we talking like all snoozers here? Like Victor Arvidsson, I dropped him a while back in the cupful, no one's added him yet. Yeah. This game isn't going to change anything.
0: (laughs) No. I mean, this trio, Moore, Deneau, Arvidsson, they'll be helpful at some point. Just not at this moment, I guess. And, like, Deneau is usually the one who's, like, rostered all the way through, and then people take turns holding and dropping Arvidsson and Moore. So this is just, like, I'd say we're still in the general pattern of things. But I definitely, like, for a time when the Kings are coming up with a good schedule over the rest of the season, I would make sure, even if Moore, Deneau, and Arvidsson haven't been producing... I would still want them on my watch list as guys who could start producing at any given moment.
1: Yeah. And I'll mention Arthur Kaliev also back, but he was pointless in the game and not as interesting as he was at one point this year. Uh, next hot streak, Brian, let's go to Carolina Tavo Tara Vinen. He's done it. And I was patient for a long time. I, though I, I can't even take full credit. Like remember when we were talking about him and he was cold and you gave a lot of reasons why maybe it's time to just give up on him. And then I was like, I don't know. He's like a good player. Maybe he'll be fine. Yeah,
0: No, can I, can I summarize actually? Give it, or, give the whole you, thing. You were, not finish were my taking story. a lap. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt. you. I'm not lap. taking a lap. I'm, do, I'm, get, I'm doing a,
1: a self. What's the word? Like I'm making fun of myself with this oh, lap. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say, and now you're into this because I was like really believing in him. I held into him in this one league where I had him for so long, then At one point, I got frustrated and I dropped him. But then I got cold feet and put a fab, like I put a bid to get him back. I bid like $10. So basically, I wasted 10 fab to like drop him and add him back. I think like I dropped him. Then the next day, he like had a couple points. And then I was like, okay, well, now I need to get him back. And then I put the bid. And now, finally, I've waited all year. And here he is, Tevo Teravainen. Eight points in his last nine games. And finally, on the top power play. I know this is what you're going to say, right, Brian? That, like, you said you're worried about him while he's not on the power play. Now he yeah. is. I, I didn't even read that's your it. side. I just had to guess. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. And I just, like, I felt like you were introducing this as, like, uh, you know, we've we've talked about why he hasn't been there, and I've believed, and you haven't. And it's like, I, it's not that I've disbelieved. It's just, ta- l- listen, it's it's top power play or nothing for Terry Vine And sure enough, three points in three games now for him. Two of those points. Guess where he got them? On the top power play. There you go. But why
1: is that? He's like an amazing player. He's been so good for so long. What happened this year?
0: No, no, the thing I've been saying all year is that he hasn't been a great 5-on-5 scorer. He's been really effective on the power play. At 5-on-5, no. He's never been anything exceptional. He's a 50-point player without getting top power play time. Um, Like, he has stepped it up a bit at 5-on-5, but he hadn't even been lagging there. He's just not a big five-on-five score but now uh good for Tavo getting those power play points it's uh like we've said like i swear i've said all season elon it's pp for tt or b-u-s-t
1: <laughs> okay well very good and the main lesson though or the main message is that if anyone has teravine in their free agency right now go get him he's top line he's top power play he's playing with aho he's on a hot streak like I don't see why not. Like I, I can't think of anyone else we've talked about on this episode that I'm more interested in, uh, that's likely in free agency. So if you can get him, go get him. I think. And even Brian agrees. Cause he's got TT's got the PP. Uh, so next, let's next go to, uh, Florida, uh, Sam Bennett is really heating up. I do want to point out that all these games where he's been getting all these points, I guess I could give you the exact numbers here, but they've all been at home. He's got five points in his last four games. Uh, he just had a big three point game against Tampa. A few games back just scored against Colorado with five shots. Ton of shots, but yeah, this is like so weird how Sam Bennett like does so well at home and never does anything on the road. This is something that we noticed last year. I think John Newhall told us about this, and ever since we've really been cataloging. And yeah, so I guess just to say that if you have Sam Bennett and you're enjoying this hot streak, could be a good sell time, or at least before he goes on another uh, you know road stretch, because then he might get cold again.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like it says something about Sam Bennett that you know he has a three-point game but outside that one outing his numbers are still pedestrian on the whole although Bennett took 17 shots in his last four games but as you mentioned Elon the home stat counters are pretty generous to Bennett more so than the road ones. so good for you for noticing I doubt you can like flip him for a quick and solid return but you could try yeah
1: I mean he's playing on this line with Matthew Kachuk right so there's always going to be a good place to be yeah Kachuk's amazing Like maybe like we drafted him pretty high last week in our little uh, mock draft. And I still think maybe we should have put him higher because he just continues to be bonkers. Uh, Alex Barkov is someone that I was, into in that draft episode maybe too much uh and he like is hurt again i guess that's the main concern with barkov and then he like he was hurt then he did come back but i saw people were talking on discord about how he wasn't taking any face-offs which is kind of weird so clearly he is still a little bit hurt so i don't know he's still like scored a goal versus colorado and took five shots so i feel like i we shouldn't be concerned but i don't know this face-off thing like i don't know what are your thoughts, Brian? Like He's on such a great hot streak right now. I don't want to be concerned about Barkov, but the, the fact that he keeps getting hurt is, is kind of a bummer.
0: Yeah, I don't like that Barkov is playing but not taking face-offs. That's a pretty clear sign that something's a little off, so I we could expect less production from him. I, I think if, he's, if he really needed to, if he couldn't be productive, he wouldn't be playing, so I still think you could expect something, but I would rather, yeah, 100% Barkov to whatever we've got now. 60 70 50 i don't know but he's not taking face-offs
1: yeah also big kudos to brandon montour who's been holding this like really high fantasy relevance like all season long just continues to take so many shots he's like actually pointless montour in his last couple games but four and five shots in those games so you're not even mad at him and uh, yeah he's been great uh like surprisingly so to me like i didn't think he'd like fall off completely but i didn't think he'd be like you know 53 games into the year he's still on a 68 point pace just cruising. So good for him. On the flip side, Gustav Forsling, what happened to this guy? He had a really good start to the year, was looking like a really solid hold. Like not someone who's gonna like blow the roof off, but like someone you could be confidently just hold on to and know that he's gonna, you know, deliver enough to your fantasy team to make him above replacement level. But now he's gone super cold, pointless in his last seven games, which has brought him from like the fifty plus point pace he was on before now to only a forty five point pace and falling. Are we in snoozer territory for Forsling or Brian, would you hold on and just hope that he bounces back soon?
0: I don't see a whole lot of reason to hold on to Forsling. Like we liked that he was putting up like a lot of shots and going on some some nice little runs. It Elon, you know what? It kind of reminds me of Mackenzie Weger last year, right? Where like he was doing really well and everyone thought like, oh yeah, this is good. He's emerged, but I think it was just like a a good run. Um, and lately, Forsling isn't even consistently taking good. Shot totals like he had a nice little four game run, uh, I- leading up to the all star break. But outside of that, Forsling has not been reliable in any category, really. Like some nights he'll get a lot of blocks, other nights he'll get a few shots, but he won't always do them at the same time and he won't do them consistently. Uh, and unlike Brandon Montour, who I'm glad that Montour has been able to live up to our adjusted expectation. I remember early in the season, uh, Mon- Montour was pacing high, and we're like, could he keep this up? And it was almost like a connect me situation where I was ready to say no. But then I looked at him and said, I don't see why not. Like, I don't see why he can't keep this up if he stays on the top power play, which he did. And Montour, like Forsling has not been consistent. Montour has just had a 10 game point streak snap this week, still pacing for 68 points. So, yeah, what a what a successful season for Montour. And I guess uh, something to watch for maybe I don't know. No, I was going to say with Duclair coming back, does that bump him from the top unit? No way, right? There's no way Montour gets bumped. He's been doing so well there. Yeah,
1: it would be surprising. Also, Duclair needs to... Like, Duclair, what is happening also? He's been practicing for a while. I guess Paul Maurice was saying that there's... I don't know, they still need to figure some things out or they're waiting for him to say that he's feeling good. So I I could see him also like kind of getting eased into the lineup. So if you like have... Duclair in and your ir like stash i would maybe at least look at the lines before you activate him when he's going to play his first game because it might, might take him a few games to like get into good deployment where he can do something for you if if it ever happens uh but okay let's go now to the montreal canadians brian because of course just as we predicted with cole caulfield injured they now are scoring a ton of goals and they have a bunch of fancy relevant players it's pretty wild what's going on in montreal they just beat edmonton six to two today So, uh, yeah, that's uh, there's nail in the coffin for Stuart Skinner's Calder chances. Uh, Not a great game against the Habs. And yeah, like I, I got a lot of players to throw at you all of a sudden. Like the top line lately has been Suzuki with Josh Anderson and Raphael. Harvey Pinard, who is a name now that we all need to know because this guy is on the top line and he's on an amazing run. Raphael Harvey Pinard is now sitting at seven points in his last five games after scoring again today against Edmonton. He also hits a lot. This is like this is like Tom Wilson, you know, like this is what people like are so drooling over in their leagues that count hits like a guy who's like producing and hitting a ton and getting good deployment. So I don't know how long it's going to last. But this Raphael Harvey Pinard is interesting. And like, and also, like, no disrespect to Josh Anderson. I feel like everyone's so excited about Harvey Pinard just because he's a guy we never heard of before. Josh Anderson is also on this top line with Suzuki. He also scored today. He also hits. And he also is on a streak of four points in his last three games. So if you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed out on Raphael Harvey Pinard, I actually had that thought. Brandon in a couple tier one took Pinard, and I was like, oh, look at me or Harvey Pinard. I don't know. And like I was thinking to myself, like, oh look at me again, like noticing someone hot, but not grabbing him in time. Like Josh Anderson's still there. I feel like he's just as good. Right. So both of them all of a sudden kind of interesting, or maybe you'll just throw some cold water right now and be like, forget about both of these guys.
0: Uh, I'm not going to say forget them they're producing. So we'll pay at least a little attention to them. And one thing they both do also, like you mentioned, they're scoring, they're shooting, they're hitting. They're also blocking a little bit too, like more than you'd expect forwards to block both of them. So a couple nice pieces of, of, of depth here in Montreal, Um, yeah, I don't know where to go with this, Elon. Like, I I don't know how long they or Montreal can keep this up. I think uh, shooting has been a little more successful than it should be for basically everybody on this little stretch that the Habs are on. I mean, Raphael Harvey Pinard going to his, like his track record, uh, had 25 points in 37 games with Laval this year in the HL. He's actually had a pretty good HL career so far, playing parts of three seasons in the minors. Harvey Bernard was a seventh rounder in 2019. But you know one thing that kind of makes me, like it doesn't, uh, doesn't mean much, but he is also, he has a similar build to Cole Caulfield, which means he has a similar build to Marty St. Louis, which means like, okay, so Cole Caulfield's out, but we have a guy who's like, basically fits into the same jersey and our coach like tends to like this kind of player because he was one in the past so maybe that's one reason why Harvey Bernard is gonna keep getting looks and opportunities his ice time has been increasing of course scoring helps with that uh Harvey Bernard has scored on 35 percent of his shots so far six goals on 17 shots which is nice Um, nice little run he's on. I'm not even going to say it's not like he's, he's getting quality shots off, which is good for him. So yeah, nice little run for Harvey Pinard and Josh Anderson on that top line. And Elon, like we haven't even, uh, we haven't even mentioned, like we're not going to take for granted even. That Nick Suzuki is also producing too, right? That's like nice there's to see. there's signs of life from Nick Suzuki. Points in three straight, um goal and three assists, and eleven shots too. So it's nice to see it's nice to see something working out in Montreal.
1: Yeah, and like that's not it. Like, uh, Mike Hoffman, all of a sudden, is, like, a huge volume shooter again. <clears throat> and he had no points today against Edmonton, but took five shots. And before that, he had three assists versus the Islanders, a multi-point game versus Ottawa. So, Hoffman is heating up. He's on a line with Dadanov and Kirby Doc, And, like, Dadanov had had two assists today. Kirby Doc is on a three-game point streak. So, there's, like, all of a sudden, like... I don't know if you want to grab a Montreal player. It's like, I could do one of these. I'm not going to, but I could be like, Brian, like let's rank that these like seven or eight Montreal players, which is exciting. not something I expected to do. I expected to be like, is Suzuki even worth rostering when no one's scoring? And all of a sudden it's like, we have like eight people who are doing well on Montreal right now. So who would the Oh, Mike Matheson,
0: Mike on Matheson. Defense, looking. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Who everything's, knew? everything's going well for Montreal. I, yeah. Who knew that's, that is the line. About, because like we had basically given up on everybody including nick suzuki um but i will tell everyone to like go take a look and see like mike matheson was dropped in my cupful division uh heading into the all-star break because montreal had a terrible schedule and i was able to be the one to pick him up and i i don't have uh the intent to let him go anytime soon of course while he's keeping this up like if we're talking about the other d we've mentioned i'd prefer matheson to valamaki uh, who i'd also prefer to Klingberg. Um, and I think he's worth taking a look for if you're looking to fill a D spot on your roster.
1: Yeah, I dropped uh, Matheson in one league because of that bad schedule and Lewis picked him up and I I don't think I'm getting him back. So looks like I'm I'm stuck with a who is it? Valimaki and who was the other person that you said? Klingberg. And Cle- well, Klingberg I don't think is available either. Huh? I guess I got to get up at 3am and try to get Valamaki if I want to get a defenseman. Uh, Cause I lost stupid Jake Sanderson, who was supposed to be the guy who's going to slot in there. But anyhow, Brian, like I said, this show's not about your fantasy team. It's not about my fantasy team. It's about all of us being successful. And let me share one more interesting note to end the show over in Minnesota. Ryan Hartman has finally gotten that top line spot back. So Sam Steele, I don't even, I think that the short shifts guys talked about this, but just to cover it again, Steele, Snoozer, hundred percent. If you still have Sam Steele on your roster, that's like a good sign for me to know that you're not like a serious fantasy player that is is following things closely because there's no there's no reason. Like if you do have him on your roster, don't mean to insult you, but I'm saying like take a look at yourself, ask yourself why is Sam Steele on my roster, and I'm sure the answer is going to be because I didn't notice that Hartman took over and Sam Steele's super cold. So, uh, but yeah, Hartman now he scored a goal in his last game. He also had like a million penalty minutes I think 17 penalty minutes so uh that's I guess a risk but hey I'm interested in whoever's on the top line so I'm not saying it's gonna hold like who knows if this will last but for now if Hartman's in free agency like he's an obvious ad right
0: yeah and I think he's gonna sit like Sam Steele has been booted all the way down to the fourth line like he's barely playing now so if you're if you're looking for the third piece there we don't know if it'll work out but if you want to take that shot you can go ahead and try with Ryan Hartman you can tell how like how optimistic I am like I'm hopeful But I I just we've seen we've seen a lot of struggle there. We've seen really nobody, which is a really surprising. You'd think that someone centering Zukarel and Kaprizov could point regularly, but we haven't seen it.
1: I mean, we did last year, though. Like Hartman did show that he could do it. Makes
0: it even more surprising that we're not seeing it this year. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it.
1: Yeah, well, definitely a uh, goal last game. We'll see where it goes. Of course, like maybe Minnesota trades for a center or so they could re- they could use one at the deadline. That would be a big move for them. Uh, but okay, with that, Brian, uh, we've come to the end of our slate, which has been a blast. I've been enjoying talking to you. Hopefully the listeners have enjoyed the show. We'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, you, know, you can tweet at us at Kevin Carlson if you're a patron. Uh, first of all, thank you oh so very much. Like your support, especially like, you know, we're nearing the end of the season. Uh, a sad thing that happens to fantasy hockey podcasters and content producers right now is our numbers go down the patrons start falling off a little bit because, you know, people start to realize that I don't think I'm going to win this year. I still have Sam Steele on my team. So I'm just going to give up. So anyone who's still listening and is still patronizing the show, like, thank you so much. We really appreciate you sticking with us. We're going to keep working super hard as if it's like week one, like all the way to the end of the year. We're going to be knocking out these mega shows and all the other content in our feed. So yeah, if you're uh, still listening, thank you. Uh, please stay subscribed uh, wherever you get your shows. Uh, helps us a lot to uh, you know have good download numbers. So we appreciate anyone who's subscribe to the show uh, if you want to look into the patreon that we have we give a lot of perks to our patrons so Carlson.com slash patron but with that brian i guess it's time to cue the outro music you can go ahead and take us out of here and then i'll go and see who won this football game
0: all right this episode of the keeping carlson fantasy hockey podcast was presented by dabra hockey and powered by our patrons including our super supporters who are super for supporting us and also like you said this time of the like we appreciate everybody supporting us, so thank you, but especially thank you to uh, Ricard, Rob, David, Derek, Ryan, Tom, Andrea, Ivan, Tyler, Aaron, Adam, and, of course, our first-ever patron, Patty. Uh, thank you to our Cuckupful coordinator, Kevin a and our team of Kokomishes. Oh, Kevin and one of our mods, Andrea, have, like, created this game where there's a bracket of... I, how many did we end up with, Elon? Like 172 cupful teams, and we're all like competing against each other in like this giant bracket. So we're competing in our cupful matchups, and at the same time in this like side bracket matchup where we've put up some swag as a prize for whichever team emerges from this gauntlet. I'm on. So are to you in se- this? Yeah, I'm on to the second round. Oh,
1: so even though you lost because of. Adrian Kempe, I guess your opponent in this bracket didn't have Kempe, so you were able to move forward.
0: I actually had a really good score this week, so I would have beaten a lot of teams except the the team I was playing. But shout out to Corey, who uh, we've been, like dming over the course of this matchup and we've each conceded the matchup like four times (laughs) i think like like with every goal in the vegas game like as like the red light kept going on behind john gibson it was like oh no oh no oh no like it just like it swung back and forth like three times over the last four goals with my shea theodore against his uh jack eichel and riley smith anyway um there's a lot of fun stuff happening is the music still playing i don't know
1: i'm gonna say that the music has stopped and you're probably wondering why the music stopped and it's because i didn't want to run it for like 10 minutes so i'm starting it again now cue the outro music again for brian to continue the credits
0: all right thank you elon and shams for all the amazing uh, fancy news rolling on gamedaytweets.com that's the best way to stay up to date logo art by brandonweeb.com outro music by pat rich also thanks to the short shifts crew lewis shams and jeremy thank you all for uh, like but had some amazing content recently. If you're not listening to Short Shifts and you're still listening to the credits, I think you'd like Short Shifts. This episode of the this podcast was... Maximizer. Oh, yeah, you should also listen to Matchup Maximizer if you like Elon. Thank you, Elon, for making such a great show. This episode was researched with help from Dauber Hockey, Frozen Tools, Dauber's Prospects. It's just like, you know, Elon's like Connor McDavid having like a 40-point night, and it's like, yeah, he does that. That's you. And I should have like gone away from the microphone. I also like matcha <laughs> Yeah, that would have been a really good effect. Uh, who else did I use to research this? Natural stature Evolving Hockey, Cap Friendly, The Athletic, HockeyGoldies.org, dot org, Hockey Reference, hockey, viz, hockey Database, Elite Prospects, and Yahoo. Yeah.
1: Great job, as always, Brian. Now,
0: I think I never realized that
1: I could, I could like make use of this space. Maybe next time I yell yes, it should be from like further away to start the show. That might be kind of interesting. I wonder how that would sound. Should I try Maybe right now? start up
0: close to the mic and then move away. Okay, I gotta take my headphones off to do it. So let's give it a try.
1: Yeah!
0: yeah! <laughs> I tripped on the couch. <laughs> I looked up at the video and I just saw you like (laughs) stumbling. I didn't know if it was intentional. All right. Let's get out of here. Good shot. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Uh, um, Oh wait, Brian, what should people do while we wait for
1: all this content to come?
0: Yeah. While you're waiting for the content to come and while you're not waiting for the content to come, just keep doing what you can to make sure that fantasy hockey can be for everyone.